episode 34, Michigan Brews. Um, sorry, we're a minute or too late. Technical difficulties, but we're getting through it. Um, it's Jordan, good to have you back. It's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has been. What's up, man? Yeah. Yeah. Good playing dad good, and then good. getting sick and some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was awful. Coming off my deathbed, basically. Uh, uh. Right on. Well, tonight we're going to be... Um, before we jump into what's in our glass, and since the, the topic of this show is uh, homebrew review, um, so we're gonna we're gonna actually jump right into the, the beers that we've got um, tonight. All of the, the drinks that we're gonna be drinking are donated by the Livingston Social Brew Club, uh, particularly Kevin Penn and uh, um, God damn it, I just lost your name. That's why I had you do the intro. Son of a bitch, it just popped right out of my head, and I really hope you're watching. Uh, save me, Brian. I, I it's in, it's the, in the I, I typed it in the goddamn show. Are they on the bottles? Yeah, it is uh, James Hancock. James Ooh. Hancock. <laughs> Sorry, James, we owe you a beer. I was really, I was going to fuck it up somehow. Um, <laughs> so we've got an ESB from. Uh, Kevin Penn, and we've got a uh, a mead that Kevin made. Not, not only did Kevin make the mead, but Kevin uh, raised the bees that made the honey. Um, so that's exciting. Oh, we're that's gonna awesome. end the, yeah, we're gonna end the night with that one. Um, so we've got an ESB from Kevin, and then we're gonna move into a Schwartz beer from James, um, and then a what looks like a double IPA uh, from James with Strata and Galaxy. And then finish the night off strong with Kevin's mead, um, which I believe is just a uh, a sack mead made with, like I said, uh, the the honey that Kevin uh, collected from his hives. So it's still traditional. I'm assuming the ESB is the one that's unmarked. Yep, green cap unmarked. I did shoot you guys uh, the recipe. So looking at it, um, pretty pretty basic recipe. Uh, Maris Otter is the malt base with a little uh, Crystal 120 for uh, some color and flavor. And then I think some Torrified Wheat. Uh, this is going on a London Pride clone. Uh, and then he used uh, Target, Challenger, and North Down. 88 uh, ounces of Target, right? <laughs> <laughs> 88 ounces of Target. That's right now. Um, I was looking at that recipe earlier and... And uh, you know, if you're watching like a your 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 dots and periods, they looked like punctuation marks. So I was like, "What in the fuck are we going to be drinking?" <laughs> <laughs> but before we, okay, I, I'm going to open it and pour it. Uh, but before we get into it too far, um, oh, and, and then I I do want to call out before I forget, uh, Kevin uh, carbonated this at as a, a cascale. So I, I, we're going to say that. So it's not going to be up to Brian's carbonation standards. At all. <laughs> not going to be champagne level. No, it's the cascale ESB. Um, I like cask. No, we were going to talk about, um, I wanted to go into a little bit about, you know, we're not BJCP certified. We, we, I think we all know a little bit about it um, and we're, you know, studied up on it, but that's not how we're going to rate the beer tonight. We're not going to go through the BJCP scores. This is really just us getting our impressions, right, Brian? Uh, yeah. You, yeah. Dive into what you think. Yeah. So it's just getting oh, impressions. I, would, <laughs> I was talking about. 
<laughs> what, how you think we should be uh, rating the beer, talking about the beer? What, what? So, um, I there, there's two types of feedback that I, I appreciate. You know, one is obviously the BJCP feedback, how closely my beer aligns to you know certain guidelines. Um, you know, I, I am big into competitions, and I like. Um, you know, brewing beer for competitions and uh, trying to, you know, pinpoint like the perfect, you know, competition beer and stuff like that. But um, I really like drinking beer for myself that doesn't necessarily fit into like any, you know, specific guidelines or anything like that as well. Like, like weird ass saisons and, and, and stuff like that, um, that maybe don't fit like traditional like farmhouse BJCB guidelines or something, you know, uh, heavily hopped, you know, low ABV, just weird stuff. Um, so um i kind of i kind of appreciate the feedback on like just how good you know a beer is how drinkable it is if you would want to have another glass you know sort of um feedback yeah. and um you know we, we can sit here and, and and read out the bjcp guidelines and be like oh yeah this color looks like it's you know 0.5 srm off of what maybe like the minimum you know uh you know target should be but in all honesty i think that you know um, it, it's kind of our show and we want to have fun with it, but we want to, you know, provide useful feedback too, because uh, obviously people are watching for one reason or another. And so I think that just talking about, um, you know, if, if we taste any off flavors, just, you know, how good it is as, you know, a ESB or IPA or whatever. Um, I, I think that's, that's kind of, I want to have fun with it, you know? So yeah, absolutely. I get that. Yeah. And like I said, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not trained tasters. And, um, and, uh, you know, I think before I, I've done a good job, even working with the club, you know, in my position in the club, trying to convince people to do competitions, you know, calling out some of those off flavors or, uh, areas that they can improve. And, and I'm definitely uh, very familiar with BJCP. And so I always get it in my head. I think I said something to you a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I said some question. You're like, did you read the guidelines? And I'm like, ah, no, <laughs> you know, pull random stupid facts out of my ass. But um, so that said, yeah, we're 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 just gonna drink it and see how we like it. And if we can make fun of Kevin and his beer, then more the better. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the first thing you know, I'll say that I noticed while you know pouring this beer and looking at it. It's not fucking carbonated enough. No, I'm just joking. I know it's cask. Brian, the carbonation horn. I, I was just looking for the, the label, the banner. I'll just put it up. So we, <laughs> there we go. We have that out of the way. Uh, I appreciate this beer for, for, for how it is. Honestly. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he used like a English crystal malt, but the, uh, that, that malt flavor, that uh, the crystal or caramel that like really, really comes through. Um, which honestly, I, I wonder if the carbonation would have covered that up more. Like it drinks more of like a. You know, it's got a real malty nose. Um, uh, but I, I think the the hops come right in up front. Uh, I actually like the cask uh style i actually think maybe i got a little too cold i think it should be a little bit warmer uh, yeah. unless some of those esters come out um i'm not getting any off flavors i'm getting just a good uh you know 
English style uh, ale. It's yeah. It's. Do we know what the ABV on this is? It's, so he said it. It came. Uh, it was uh, ten fifty eight. Assuming that it got down into a you know a ten ten range, we're probably looking at a four and a half five percent. Oh, perfect. That's right. right yeah, in. it's a little higher than I would think. It's so it's one of those beers. Like I, I always think of like what I'm what I'm doing. What am I doing when I'm drinking this beer? Am I, you know, am I at the bar? Am I, you know, sitting in front of a bunch of people who are watching me drink? Um, and and <laughs> this this I would definitely be like in some like low key quiet like restaurant like eating, um, you know, just like a quiet dinner and sipping on this while like talking. Like it's just. It goes down easy. It's not like it's not a beer that you have to like analyze every time you sit, you take a drink or something. It just you just drink it as part of conversation, and then you order your next one. <laughs> you just keep drinking them. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I totally get that. It's uh, this is actually where I've been going lately. Like I, uh, you know, we just last night in Keeper's Craft, we had our our tasting. Uh, uh, meeting where we tasted hams and hop slam um, and i've been really into the the pilsners the macro lagers or well i don't want to say macro lagers i only drink hams um but i've been into the hams and the craft pilsners craft lagers uh some of the, the pale ales like i want these uh simpler easy drinking love to have this on tap uh it's just a good malty clean ass beer and Chevin, kevin Chevin. I was going to say Chef Kevin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this came out as Chevin. Uh, he knows how to cook, man. And and this shit is, um, it's, it's, a, it's a clone, but it's a well well done. His water was good. I, he did, uh, I think he said he did distilled and then built up, um, yeah. you know, some salts to get at that, that kind of English uh, mineraliness. Yeah. So thanks for any, he slept this over, uh, you know, two and a half hours or whatever, uh, to my house, uh, and, and, uh, hand delivered this stuff. So fuck, I, I appreciate it. This is good beer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll second everything you guys are saying. I'm not tasting anything off super malty. I, I um, with Jason think it was, I got it too cold. What's the name of the, the beer that this was supposed to be a clone of when, when he dropped it off, I, I, I was over there. And uh, it's a beer that I haven't had. I, I haven't had much, you know, many ESPs, honestly. London uh, Pride. London Pride. Yep. So I, I still need to go out and, and snag one of those. I should have done it before the show, just so I had some like, some of like a, you know, base comparison. It's probably, I'd say like uh, these and like the lower ABV like Scottish ales are probably some of the beers that I've drank the least of. Um. As you guys can probably tell by our last Scottish beer episode, <laughs> we don't. Yeah, fuck way, that shit. way oh. back when. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> Have you ever brewed an ESB or either of you guys? No, nope. Okay, so this this was the one. He says lots of gypsum. Hot liquor tank looked like milk. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, it doesn't taste like it. So, so I think he was. You said he was. He was targeting like the uh, the Burton like water profile, right? Which I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking while I pull up uh, uh, brewing water here, but I think it's like like crazy, crazy, crazy high in terms of like that gypsum. Um, which honestly, I mean, like I don't I don't actually taste as much gypsum as like might be in this. 
Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the sulfite range on this, and it's saying like 610 like parts per million. That's like that's like four times as many as you probably want to have in like a standard like even like American IPA, which is like crazy. Doesn't taste like it. No. Um, sometimes you can sometimes you can pick out like um, minerals and stuff like that if there's too many, but no. I just get I get I get that it's got a, a higher mineral content than maybe some of the 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 beers that we've been used to drinking or the beers that I've been drinking recently. So I definitely noticed that you know the, the water was adjusted, but I wouldn't say that it was over or or anything. I've never mm-hmm. done an um I know we talked about it in the basement for a few minutes, but I've never added any any salts or any um additives to my water. I've always just gone straight, but I'm getting ready to <clears throat> do something with this seltzer based I've gotten. I want to make it uh, a minerally water. Um, and this has kind of got some of those characteristics I was thinking of. So. You shoot for the water, the, uh, the Burton water profile. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, and I know we're going to end the show with a, with a mead tonight too, but I've been making a lot of meads lately and uh, <laughs> I'm trying to play with <laughs> With with water adjustments in my meads and stuff like that too, and you can you can kind of tell like if you just use straight RO water and like in a mead, like it almost comes out too clean, like it just doesn't really have any character sometimes. I'm sure that's like yeast yeah. to too, but um, I, was say, I thought you did do water chemistry for your meads prior to barely, barely. Like I, I I've oh. been thrown in just a touch of like calcium chloride. <clears throat> But I've since started to kind of adjust a little bit higher as I've been making more. Um, and this it, this doesn't have that like clean like RO taste. It definitely tastes like it has like a uh, like a backbone to it in terms of like you know some of the mineral water. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. We well. So here's the thing. Uh, every homebrew <laughs> review we we like blast through like four or five beers in an hour or so anyway. So you know. That basically ends up happening. Whether I could use the help, <laughs> appreciate it, Kevin. That's turned into staying regular is important. Folks. <laughs> damn. All right, but no, I mean it's it's really good. I, I'm um, I'm I'm super happy with it. I might uh, I need to I need to yeah. Well, I don't need to the rest. He gave it to me, so. Um, right. I might just try it myself because I, you know, I've got a couple like empty taps right now and I'm looking for some things that are super easy drinking and, um, you know, not, not quite, you know, eight, 9%, uh, dippers and shit like that. Um, so now how would you do, is, say, how would you, how would you do a, a cask style and have it on tap? Or are you, are you bottle conditioning these specifically? Um, if you're asking Kevin, it was cast style because he carved it late. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. I don't, I, yeah, I think it turned out great. I, I love it. I, I would probably like force carve it at like, at like 25 PSI for like a day and then just cut it down to like, yeah, ten, eight, ten psi CO two or something like that. You run out of CO two. Run out of CO two. <laughs> yeah, just keep uh, it at a really low. low yeah, if you don't, if you don't carve it much, uh, serve it on nitro. Your, yeah, serve it on nitro. Um, 
But even if you were doing that, like if, if you just did, you know, if, if you intentionally, uh, you know, carved it to that lower vol, and then once you put it on your kegerator and your serving pressures, you know, usually only five or six pounds. So you're not going to yeah. get a lot more latent, you know, CO2 off of it. And honestly, something like this, I'd probably be slamming through it. I, you know, I've had a seltzer and a black IPA on tap for so long just because I'm not in the mood for hops and and shit. As you so, have black IPA on tap. Yeah. It's another <laughs> style I've never brewed. I've never done a black IPA. I, I have not either. Yeah. I need to get on this year. This will be yes, the year of experimentation. <clears throat> So um, next up, we're going to oh, go ahead. I don't remember what I was going to say. No, nope, go did for it. What's next? Already, Jason? What's that, Jordan? So did, you, did you blow through that? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so right. so uh, in the what? future for these shows, we need to like get like a, uh, I'll get like a timer running like in the corner of my screen or something like that. And we can just have it like. You know, we have like a 15 minute like window or something in order to get onto the next beer. What's hilarious is you actually do have a timer running in the corner of your screen. <clears throat> well, yeah, but except, except, for, except for me, I, I, I don't. I don't have the. Not this time. Are you, are you in as a guest right now? Mm -hmm. Special oh. guest, Jordan Brady. Special guest. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Surprise. <laughs> We'll that was part of our technical like uh, difficulties. Jordan was having trouble getting logged into StreamYard. So, um, oh no, I don't remember what I was going to say. Okay, not to interrupt, but that's kind of all I do. Um, we were talking about about serving pressure and stuff. I do you guys both actually serve at like six eight psi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about. Huh. You know, sometimes I'll serve a little higher than that, depending on the carbonation of the beer. But how long are your lines? Six foot. Okay. Ten foot. Okay. Huh. Like my my normal serving pressure is somewhere in like sixteen. No, I know I'm under ten. Huh. I'm under the ten, but I've got the I've got the flow controls. Um. Well, I mean, you were over. We dicked with yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got well. ten foot ten foot lines and. It seems to be fine. Uh, my only challenge I run into is, you know, some of the beers like the Black IPA, I don't drink that often. And uh, the beer in the line goes flat. Uh, uh, when yeah, was over, yeah. I, I poured him a half a glass and I had to dump it out because it was flat. So. Yeah, if I'll, I'll drink that stuff on my own. But, yeah, if I'm pouring for somebody else, I usually dump the yeah. first couple ounces. Or if I'm bottling for a competition. So that's a, that's a good random tip for anybody listening. If you're bottling for a competition off your taps. Empty out that first little bit off your line, or else your bottles Absolutely. are going to be inconsistent. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, speaking of kegerators, I got a question for you guys. This is kind of off topic just because it happened to me. It's what we do. Two, two, three. Yeah. Off topic. Yeah. <laughs> two, two, three weeks ago. You ever had like negative pressure in your regulator? No. Some, no. Something happened with mine, and like my pressure dial is crushed. So I can't really see what pressure I'm at right now. Good thing I don't really have much on tap. I need to get a whole new like regulator, essentially. Huh. But yeah, I don't know what happened when it, it I took my CO2 off for some reason. When I put it back on, the little dial, like the glass is fine and everything. It's just the the dial and the little uh aluminum thing that shows the gauge behind it is like crushed. I've had oh, that wow. happen. 
Um, actually, my last regulator before I, I, I built this kegerator, um, I assumed I dropped it. But you're right. The the, the plastic housing or the, the the housing around it wasn't crushed. It was just the uh, the face of the dial yeah. was was crimped. Yep. And, yeah, uh, it's like folded in. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, I had it. It was a. Happened to. It was a. I'm pretty sure it was a micromatic. I mean, this was a good a, a good regulator. I good I just assumed I I dropped it or fucked up somehow, and I I bought a new one and chucked it. So. Yep. I figure I'm gonna pick up a four tap regulator. <laughs> just go yeah. that route and skip the manifold. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, Brian, you've got you've got a three or a four tab, don't you? I've got a four way regulator. Yeah, four way. Yeah. No, I just went the manifold and got a regular regular one uh, for the kegerator. So anyway, I'm going to open uh, James Hancock's Schwartz beer next. So this is a uh, grain bill on this is Pilsner Munich Crafa Two and and Caramel Sixty with some chocolate malt, and then it's hopped with Magnum and Tettinger. Um, and then you just brewed a Schwartz beer, right, Brian? This is I did. More familiar with. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. I, I try to brew at least one a year. Usually it ends up being around this time of the year just because I like to send off one to, you know, NHC or something. Um, in fact, I tried to send one to NHC last year. That turned into rubbing alcohol. Hand sanitizer. So, right? Yeah. What did I do with my opener there it is yeah so uh so hopefully i'm sending one in against uh, this year we'll see uh we'll see how we do we're doing like beer opening asmr a little bit of a fizz i'm gonna be doing beer chugging asmr waiting for you guys so <laughs> i uh i i want to pour it and make have you know make noise but we're gonna do the homebrew pour here we're gonna we're gonna do it light. So short is uh, another one I'm not super familiar with. Uh, so the uh, as far as like a color goes, it's supposed to be almost like nearly black, like a like a very very dark brown. And if you were to shine a light through it, you'll get like a lot of nice ruby colors. Um, sort of like if you took like a really nice like bright light to like a Guinness. Which is like totally what I see here. I like I'm just using my phone flashlight, but yeah, even if you look on camera, it's gorgeous. I was trying. I kept um, flashing the camera with, with <laughs> phone light, so clarity. Um, not supposed to be like overly roasty, just like a, a very like clean, um, you know, still has like a clean like lager profile. Um, we can pull up the BJCP guidelines, but um, let's see just kind of our impressions first, I guess. I almost get like a little. I have to shake this around. I need to pour out quite hard enough. Um, on that topic, while I get some foam in here, uh, have you guys signed up for NHC yet this year? Yeah, I bought three entries. Um, the reason I ask is is because um, they ask when entering beers this year uh, how you want your beer to be poured. If you want the yeast to be stirred up, if you want it to be a nice, light, gentle uh, pour. Oh, interesting. Yep. That's a that's uh, a yeah. change. 
they've actually like uh, they they put out what did I say like a 30, 30 slide uh, deck on how to enter your beers in BJCP or not BJCP but in the entry. Um, their website was so much easier to navigate. They had a lot of great questions. They actually made sure they got your club. Um, so they made a lot of improvements in this down year. I, I thought uh, it, it was pretty cool. How many entries did you go with, Brent? I went with six. So <laughs> I know. I'm going to see if I can bomb them and maybe get like a, a medal in nationals this year. We'll see. It's a. Uh, yeah. So it's like just a little floral. Like it's kind of chocolatey. Like I, I'm, I'm, I kind of went backwards. I ended up taking a, a sip before I smelled too much, but um, I think I like this better than my Schwartz beer. I, I, this, it's, this is really, really good. Like if this is going into a competition, like uh, it's, it's fucking awesome. Um, so as far as like, so it's got that like clean, like lager backbone. It's not like roasty. It's a little malty. It's there's like just a, a touch of like, I don't know. It's there's almost like a, a vanilla in there or something. Um, which, you know, I don't know if that's like appropriate. I like it's whatever, but I get this. Uh, Kevin mentioned it. It's that, uh, that umami kind of characteristic that's on the back end of it. I mean, yeah, it's malty. It's rich. I get, I, I do get the breadiness. Um, the beautiful. Yeah, I, can, head. I can see that. I can see that umami. Um, yeah, super. You, super, up, super you get clean. more of that like lager aroma, like the uh, the sort of just just barely kind of like a. I don't I don't want to call it like. Um. I don't, so so there, <laughs> it's going to go off topic a little bit again. But like, <laughs> I um back when Kabike was getting really popular, I made a post on Reddit because people were starting to brew these pseudologues with like Oslo, and. Uh, you know, obviously we have like Lutra now and people are using um, one that started with an A that I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, uh, you know, and, and when people in the past would describe bloggers, it's always, you know, clean, crisp, like, you know, yada, yada. And so what does a lager actually taste like if, you know, you're calling the ones made with the like pseudo lagers. And I feel like, with with the traditional like yeast that we've been using 3470 you know um and, and the like you know, like the Weinstein strain like um I, I, there's just a it, there's a particular aroma that lagers have to me and it's somewhere between like you know corn or um i mean it's not that's what i associate with like the the aroma sometimes but um it's just it's just that that aroma like it has like a sharpness to it you know what i'm talking about like am i am i like crazy like you smell uh, like a like a hell's log or something like that and it's like as tempting as it is just to tell you absolutely not you're you're fucking nuts um no <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about you jordan but what's brian smoking no i get it um i do yeah, get like, it like when when you when you have a good lager, I, I I and I think that's probably the smell that I associate uh, lager yeast with is that what James just said that that 
grain uh, aroma of corn, not not like a DME, uh, you know, cream corn. Um, corny, fresher. It, yeah, it it has like a. It's one of these beers that like you you drink, and if it wasn't black, it would probably taste completely different. Um, the you know the the malts that's that that are usually used in these are like you know dehusked like black malts and stuff like that. Or at least that's like what I use usually, like a maybe a little like roasted barley or something to give the the tan a, a bit of more of a like tan head or something like that. The head more of a tan head. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did. <laughs> he, he did uh... This was square alpha two, uh, so it's going to be a de, a de husty bittered black malt. I'm assuming very little. Um, you know, the sixty gives it some of that mm -hmm. dark fruit. Um, I wouldn't say pruny, but uh, now that you say that, I yeah, there is like some like subtle like fruitiness going on. I do get a little dark fruitness, uh, raisiny. Um, but then that chocolate melt kind of smooths it out. I, I, it's just, yeah. These are both styles that I really need to dig into some more. I'm, I'm you know, I, I got, <clears throat> when I started brewing, you know, and I, I, I went right into competition and I feel like I, 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 I picked like five brew, beers that I've just started brewing over and over and over for competition. And it was almost like I was brewing for competition. I haven't really brewed anything else. So it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, European sour, Irish stout, and a couple of IPAs, uh, and a fruit beer. And so I need to, this year, um, you know, we're talking about nationals. You know, of course, I'm still going into the, the Berliner Weiss because that's been good for me lately. Uh, I don't have time to brew, so I'm not going to go into IPAs. But I've got a Lambic that I sat on for two years that I think is worthy of it. And then I might try to drag something else out of my, my closet and see if I can find something to, uh, you know, that three-year-old double IPA that's going to be uh win American strong yeah, ale or something. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I need to, I need to get into these, this, uh, I'm really looking forward to trying your shorts beer, but I know James, James is always, you know, the, 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 the beers that we've tried at homebrew fest have always been solid. And this one is super, Super solid. good, super clean. Yeah, yeah. it makes me yeah. want to brew this. Like brew that. I've never brewed a short beer, and everyone that I've had, I've loved. So, good job. This is this is better than most commercial examples, I think. Yeah, that, um, I've tasted, and and there haven't been many. Um, and and I think most of the local places won't even call them short beer. Sometimes it's just like you know black lager or something like that. But, um, I wish that they were all uh, you know this good. So. I mean, the color is beautiful. Like I keep holding it up to the light, and you can just you can see that there's like a you know a clarity in there behind the the darkness. Like it it's so it's so like not black, but just on the verge that like even holding it up to my computer monitor, I can almost see through it. And there's not a whole lot of light coming out of my computer monitor, so um, I think that's just like spot on. Funny, he says it was warm fermented, and and you have no concern, James. Nobody from NHC watches this shit. Um, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> <laughs> not not yet. Um, James, was it like thirty four seventy, like warm fermented? Yeah, that's what. Yep, it's on the label actually. Thirty four seventy. Yep, safe ale thirty four seventy. 
yeah, this is this is really good. Uh, yeah, so good um, luck to you in, uh, in, in NHC with this. Yeah, I good think, luck, man. Uh, this should score very well. I've had a decent success um, doing that warm ferment with with thirty four seventy before, and I don't I don't think Drew Doster is listening today, but uh, um, but he uh. He does a lot of that too. They they actually like uh, tasted the beer and they said it was fermented too warm. Hmm, that's like crazy to me. Again, you know that probably plays into us being not as experienced as people that have been drinking, you know, Schwartz beer for twenty years or something like that. But well, right, so um, I've had those comments to come back from from NHC or even even Michigan Beer Cup. You know, I've, I've had them, um, you know, call out those weird things like. I did something that I didn't think anybody else would notice. And a judge is like, you know, you, you did this, but then James, they tell me that my, my Berliner mice, which is made with a family size pack of fruit loops <laughs> is uh, is a classic <laughs> example of style. So 44 out of 50. It's a roll of this man. Because <laughs> yeah. if, if, if my fruit loop Berliner vice is a classic example of style and I don't know how the hell they were making that shit before, uh, <laughs> before Fruit Loops came out, <clears throat> that, that that just makes me so happy. Like, and it's not just once; it's they've said it that that comment so many times. It's <laughs> is so, that uh is that what you're sending again this year? Is that what you decided? You're damn right. Three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. Maybe you need yeah, more Fruit Loops next time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I brewed it once without the Fruit Loops, and it was shit. <laughs> I do remember that beer. Yeah. Yeah. So uh do I think it does anything to it? No, the the changes this year I I cheesed out and I used Philly sour yeast. I do think it's a sourer beer. I don't actually have any hopes for it in NHC. Um uh, it's just what I've got and I'm going with it. Kevin drank it. I think uh when Kevin was here to drop off this beer, we we drank it and we mixed it with uh kind of a hot fusily um uh blueberry uh mead that I've got. Um and that made you know both of those I think balanced out uh, blueberry Berliner Weiss, um, but uh, I'm really hopeful. The only the only beer I'm hopeful for is uh, uh, this lambic that I've been sitting on for two years. So we'll see. And James says his his IPA was called out as you know having a dirty dishwater flavor before, even though you know we took a gold right. medal. So yeah. <laughs> it's all i mean very very much subjective and you know kevin that's kind of why we were like thinking about not going like bjcp and just you know tasting what we taste and you know and and going whatever because like i I don't want to i don't want to read through guidelines and be like this isn't quite as you know uh as as carbonated as it should be you know it's 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 like probably two volumes off or you know point two volumes off or something yeah like that like even if I'm a carbonation whore, I don't want to like fucking nitpick and something like 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 this. This probably hits like all the all the guidelines for a, for a short beer, and it's fucking delicious. So, yeah. You know, <clears throat> we who is in fact Jake I know it does. I was I had to review him for my own entry, but what about Jake? Uh, Jacob Downey he brewed a really good Schwartz beer, and uh, oh, I remember, man, I remember uh, that. A couple of years ago, I told him 
I'm like, uh, he wanted to go to Homebrew Fest or something. I said, the only way he could go is if you put that on tap at a bar or something. I, I like <laughs> bullshitted him into brewing us a keg of it. And uh, it was super, super delicious, too. That was a couple of years ago. That, that was um, one of the more, like, well-recepted beers we had out there, I think, if I remember right. Yeah, you got a lot of good feedback. A lot of people really like that. So uh, can't wait for Homebrew In fact, Fest. I think I remember sitting behind the bar, and that was the beer I was like just you know pouring myself while i was like waiting for people to you know show up and stuff like that yep yeah, that's that what got me in most trouble during beer fest <laughs> working the bar yeah <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's just right here it's just you know three ounce pour doesn't help if you have Jason, 12 of them you're gonna do the uh the the meat uh judging again this year <laughs> If it happens. Oh, my God. <laughs> if it happens, no, I don't. You know what? So th- it was really, really cool. Uh, two years ago, I got to judge. or I was one of the judges of the barbecue competition at MH- MHF. And uh, and it was cool to get to eat and first. And it was cool to get to try some of the meats that usually ran out before I would get standing in line like uh, Kevin's chicken, which was always amazing. Mm. Um but years ago, I had a, a stomach reduction surgery, so I can't eat very much. And I judged that competition and wound up laying on a park bench with the meat sweats for like two hours. A couple hours, yeah. And I thought I was dying. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was one of the, the the worst, my worst experiences at Homebrew Fest. So no, I, I don't ever want to judge again. But I do want to judge again. But I don't. So just do like half portions. It's fine. Oh man, even taking one bite. And some of it's just so fucking good. So uh but anyway, how are you guys doing? I don't want to move ahead too far. I got other shit we can talk no, about. I, if you guys need to catch uh, up. No, I I so <laughs> this beer is poundable. I just I want to stir it around with I was just gonna ask if we know what the ABV is, but <laughs> he's got this nice label. Look at that. Five percent. Yep. Yep. That's perfect. I don't so know about excited. you guys, but the the longer I brew beer, and I, I say that, and I haven't really even brewed much in the past year. Uh, keep trying to find time. I have the ingredients to brew two beers. Have it. I just need to do Pick it. Pick a weekend, Jordan. I'll come over. Yep. We'll brew some. <laughs> yeah, once I'm once I'm not hacking everywhere, I'm doing my best to try to mute myself anytime I need to cough. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I found that the the longer that I brew, the more I am appreciative of these, you know, mid ABV or light ABV beers. Mm. You know, anything that you can make that's like under five percent but still super flavorful, like love it. That's a great point. Like for being a five percent beer, this thing is like just packed full of flavor and so easy to drink. And like I I, I mentioned it on our. Uh, might have been last night on our like uh, homebrew club meeting or something, but like I, I, I sort of judge a beer by like like how soon I pick up the glass again after I set it down, and uh, partially that has to do with like sweetness. Like it's it's really hard to like you know just down a really really sweet beer or something or you know wine or meat or whatever. But like um, I'm talking and I just you know continuously want to drink this beer. And like without like any effort, there's like you know an ounce left in my glass out of that bottle. And, yeah, uh, I don't know. Just James, really good job, man. 
it was nice. Um, <clears throat> not trying to knock on anybody, but you know, it, it was nice getting really, really good solid beer this time. You know, I, I taste a lot of uh, homebrew. I have people drop off homebrew. Um, actually, I had some. I haven't even tried it yet, Trent. If you're watching, somebody just left homebrew on my porch this week, and I'm like, and I'm Ooh, texting. That? It was a uh, uh, Trent Rinky, a uh, buddy of mine from oh. Illinois. Okay. Uh, super excited to try it. It's a gin barrel aged saison. Uh, uh, oh, buddy. And if he had given me three bottles, I would have split it with you guys. And we would have done it on air. But yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's you know. Uh, what, where was I going with this? Sometimes, you know, when you when you open yourself up like that and you offer to try your voice homebrew, you don't get the best beer. Uh, so this is a nice relief, uh, James and, and Kevin. Thank you. You guys are both awesome brewers. And and honestly, we give you nothing for this. This was, uh, you know, you're not getting any uh, fame or, or uh, a recognition for letting the three idiots here try your beer. Uh, you gave us uh, four free beers. Um, so thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I, I love drinking free beer, especially if it's as good as, you know, what we've had tonight. So, exactly. uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so, nice. pouring this double. That IPA? Yeah. Yeah. Pour this double, which looks like he's got like a half a cup of flour in every glass. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, I can look through the brown bottle in this. You can see in the, in the camera how milky this looks. Orange juice in a bottle. Yeah. Two row wheat, malted oats, Vienna, caramel, and carapils. Uh, it doesn't look like you listed. Oh, Strata and Galaxy, of course, in the in the label and Verdant IPA. That's uh, a yeast. good combo. But man, it looks just so. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pour a little bit and swirl it just to clear out. I didn't bring any water because I suck. So I'm gonna swirl out just a little bit of this. That is a cloudiness level I had always tried to achieve. So fruity, so bright, like big in the nose, just uh, that, that tangy, um, citrusy. Trying to do a slow pour, <clears throat> pour here just in case. Like there's anything at the bottom. No, I don't think there was. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I'm going to turn my light towards me a little bit here just so I can. Moving up, 9% ABV. Yep. Completely opaque. Uh, I would say even. Oh, man. Yeah, we were joking with Kevin. Uh, when, when Kevin was standing at my bar and we were looking at this, I was like, holy shit, you know, holding up the brown bottle and just seeing white inside of it. <laughs> so it was Kevin's reaction that James, you put flour in it uh, right off the bat. So, <laughs> so my first reaction off of the aroma is that it smells like a little green, like it smells like fresh hop, but like fresh hop as you open like a bag of hops, like um, like it's like a a slight vegetal like aroma, but not like in a bad way. Just like it smells like hops, um. But I don't use that often. I'm not sure what the profile on a strata should be. Um, James, you want to tell us about how you do like your uh, what's your like dry hopping schedule like? Do you uh, do you hop at like uh, when you pitch the yeast um, at high crowding? All whirlpool before you package. Yeah, how you whirlpool, and you don't have to share if you don't want to either. I know some people are picky with the recipes. 
So I'm not yeah. super familiar with Strata. Like I don't. Yeah, me either. So I, I'm 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 cheating and googling Strata. Yeah, I was just doing the same thing. Galaxy is there. I mean the citrusy. So the Strata is actually a pearl variation. German. Yeah. A prodigy progeny of open pollinated pearl in Oregon. Um, sure, it is high and starts. So, do you have anything, James, in in uh, in 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 boil or whirlpool? Any bittering hops at all? Yeah, uh, I'd be curious about that too. Um, with my uh, with my New Englands, I tend to do like sometimes probably just about a quarter of an ounce of hops. Sometimes around like the 30 minute mark maybe i've been lowering that and lowering that as i've been you know making these and this has like a very it's it's a it's a very pleasant super mild bitterness which i appreciate i think that like yeah six ounces of whirlpool so it um, says this i love it anchored anchored with a dried chili cannabis funk that doesn't have any uh Diesel machine oil or caddy baggage, which I mean, it, I would assume is capis. Uh. <laughs> was that part of the description? That is the official description. <laughs> uh, yeah. James, are you throwing us in a NHC too? You doing a, the special New England category this year, or double IPA or anything? Um, no, I, the the haze stability is like great. Um, Sometimes that's really hard to achieve, and I think it's like gorgeous. Yeah, the dry hopping. This is again from the official. Uh, if that's what you're going for, uh, dry hopping yields more grapefruit and cannabis. So, yeah, uh, grapefruit and cannabis. I, I get that funky uh, green. I still get. I get like. I get the citrus from the galaxy, I think, overpowers it. So, like, it, it has a very, uh, once I get past, like, the, the kind of greenness of the hops, like, it, it's it's very, like, orange juicy to me. Yeah. Um, like, not not so much citra or, like, like, like bright citrus as it is, like, um, gosh, I hate using that word, like, juicy, but, like, it's more of, like, a fresh squeezed, like, um, like reddish, like grapefruity, orange sort of like aroma. Um, I do get the grapefruit. I get, um, I get all the citrus fruits. You know the the, the but it's got the <clears throat> sweetness and body. And hi, Brian's mom. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Say hi to your mom, Brian. Don't be a dick. Hi, hi, mom. Sorry. <laughs> one one of these days we'll have to have like a my mom on the show and she can do like beer reviews with us or something. <laughs> she doesn't really drink much. She she gets uh, like headaches and like hung over really easily, but like she'll it. do it for me. Slam maybe. Connie. Let's do it. I'll get her. I'll get her some mead. We can do like mead cocktails or something. She. Before she moved, she was sort of getting into doing like uh, cocktails and stuff at Applebee's with some of her work friends. So, um, there's a slight hot burn 
that I get. Uh, like it's only maybe every like third sip though, and it's like way back here in my throat. Okay, I was gonna ask if it was back there. Yeah, because I'm I'm getting yeah. a little bit of that too. But Just like much. It's yeah, it's like hardly anything. And to be honest, I don't even know if I would have picked it out without uh, you 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 putting that putting that in my head. But I I only say, I noticed it because it. I. Yeah, I've I've had it in so many of mine before, and it and it does fall out. Um, I'd be interested to know if this was like near the uh, the beginning of the keg or the end or anything like that. Um, yeah, as as far as like I I get that too. I I kind of almost I just drank some water afterwards, and it's like it almost just feels like. Uh, the, the citrus, the, the grapefruit, orange, uh, essential oils are so um, potent in it. Like, that's what's coating my mouth. Even rinsing with water, like, all I, I've got all those uh, those citronols in my, and it's so heavy. Super yeah, The potent. flavor lingers. Uh, it's super good, man. This is, this is something that, like, I would drink at the bar. We have a, we have an Italian restaurant town here called Manelli's, and, uh, and there's nothing I love more than eating like heavy italian food than like really rich high abv uh ipas for some reason i don't know why but like it's it's like it just it goes for some reason yeah that sounds about right he he rushed out a little bit to to get to us so that that totally makes sense and like i said like it's not even like that noticeable like i don't always get it for every sip so it's funny this makes me think of of um of that clone that you and I made uh, uh, from a friend of ours. I can't name at the moment, but yeah. Yeah. Um, James, I don't know if you've ever used any Lorraine oils uh, and, and probably don't do this for homebrew comp or uh, NHC. <laughs> um, but, but Brian and I did a very heavy, big, juicy new England like this, lots of hops, super murky <clears throat> and added like what six drops of orange to the keg mm -hmm. uh just six drops and some baker's and it, vanilla yeah and oh and that's right and a little bit of baker's vanilla and it came out like orange julius like uh so that uh, if you haven't played with that lorraine's oils yet maybe uh dip a toothpick in and throw it in a glass of this but it's just it, it helps really accentuate the fruit flavors and bring more of the the fruit juicy instead of the fruit bitter um that's but if, fucking this is great it's, it's going to have like a little bit of like an artificial taste after you do that. Like, again, it's probably not a beer you want to enter like as a, a style. No, but it's fun to drink. It's, just it's fun so good. Yeah. 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 Oh, this is a good beer. It, it is. It's quite fun. It's been a long time since I've had a, had a beer that's styled this way. And yeah, I got to, I got to drink more of it. Did he say what he used to bitter this? No. Probably like Magnum or Warrior would be my guess. James. I've been um, I've been playing with Apollo lately too, as like a bittering hop, and uh, I really dig it. That is not a hop I've used. What do you What do you think of it? I mean, you said you I, dig I, it, but what's your yeah? What's the brine analysis? <laughs> so I started using it when I um, started trying to well, not trying to. I've only tried this once, but like there's a uh, Magnum. Yeah, okay. There's a uh, there's a uh, Treehouse Julius clone. Uh, recipe online that's you know really popular that like thousands of people have brewed 
where they use a uh, a blend of three different yeasts. Um, I can't think of them off the top of my head. The only one I can remember off the top of my head is like T58 or something like that. But they're all dry yeasts. Um, and uh, uh, they use Apollo, Apollo and Citra quite a bit in that recipe. And Apollo sort of, to me, has this almost like creamy bitterness to it. I don't know how to explain that, but like it's, it's a, it's a very light um, floral bitterness that um, I kind of started to appreciate after I've made that IPA. And so I've kind of been using that to uh, bitter my new Englands lately uh, when I bitter them and, and I dig it. I totally dig it. Um, so but before I that, think- like James said, he, I used Magnum. And, Magnum. Yeah. I think of Apollo as kind of like that clean bittering hop. Like I get a good hop bitter, but not a lot of flavor. I mean, not it's, a lot of. Yeah. It's really high alpha too. Yeah. Um, that recipe called for uh, actually dry hopping, if I remember right, with, with Apollo too, which was um, new to me. And uh, it it took probably a good two to three weeks before it started tasting like a beer I really wanted to drink. Like the first couple of weeks, I was super not impressed with it. And then after like week three, I was like, this thing is so good. Um, definitely was not a Treehouse clone or a Julius clone. Uh, I drank it side by side with an actual Julius that you brought me, Jason. I think maybe we oh, yeah. drank one of those side by side together. We um, yeah, we did. Uh, it was it was good. I mean, they're both they're uh, both like great, but yeah, they were different. Yeah. They were different. I can't remember. Mine was what. a little more bitter. I think. I think the Julius was a little more full-bodied, and just had a little bit more like you know residual citrus flavor or something. That's, but, that stands out is the body. Yeah. I think if I remember right now, I might have told you yours was a little more watery, watery or thin, or I, I think it was just the body, but the flavor was good. Um, James is calling out. This is the first time he used Verdant. Um, and so I was going to ask that too. What is Verdant? Where, um, who makes that? Oh, isn't that an Imperial? No, no, it's not Imperial for sure. Um, it must be like bootleg or Scarpment. No, Scarpment. Well, maybe it's, oh, it's a Lala. It's Lala Is it really? Oh, is, yeah, is it a dry yeast? Almond. Awesome. Okay. Wow. All right. I did not know that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Lollamond. Yeah, okay. So for those of you uh, watching James, too, uh, over for uh, Livingston Social, uh, if you guys do get together and do a, a homebrew, um, uh, like a, a, a club homebrew thing, um, email Lollamond. And in fact, I can shoot you an email address to uh, uh, April at uh, April Glass at Lollamond. And Lollamond is all about supporting the homebrew clubs. And she sent me like, Fuck fifty packs of dry yeast to share with the club, <laughs> and so they were super excited to uh, to support, um, you know, local homebrew clubs. And uh, so, yeah, if you, if you want to do something like that, Almond's really cool. It's a dry London three. So I'm, I used to be a big fan of London three. That's that's interesting. Um, sorry, I'm reading about the yeast. No, no, yeah. I, <laughs> Brandon, Brandon's saying it's a um, 
yeah, like London. Or, I'm sorry, uh, 1318 after several generations with a verdant brewery in the UK. Huh. Yeah, so I just pulled up. Same. Oh, so I'm going to have to cool. give that a shot for sure. Yeah. I, I, um, I'm such a big fan of using dry yeast in a in a pinch. Um, normally, I will say like I use uh, liquid yeast only because I have a bank um, that I freeze and and start up and uh, whatever. Because only because I'm cheap, kind of. Uh, yeast is expensive, right? Like a pack of of imperial yeast is twelve bucks. Yeah, probably like something like that. And so, yeah, if you can get like a pack of verdant or something for like five or six, that's amazing. Um, actually it is interesting like i really so i was a big fan of the white labs london ale strain um but i have used oh seven uh, uh yeah i think it is oh seven you should have it in your bank right i gave you some i don't know <laughs> um maybe but yeah, this is this is uh ah, fuck. Now we're just getting drunk and, and staring at the camera. So. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> that's that's just what we need is a nine percent uh nine percent. Yeah, I know it's nine percent double IPA before uh before a fourteen or whatever percent mead. Do you uh Kevin, if you're watching, do you remember what the mead uh ABD is? But yeah, we haven't had a blackout show in a while. So before I forget, <laughs> since I need a minute to finish this and you guys do, so we'll do this now. Next week, March 1st, um, we're going to have Stormcloud Brewing on. Uh, I, I am getting confirmation on exactly who we're going to have from Stormcloud. I'm waiting to hear back from Amy Martin. Um, but she said it should be uh, could be the whole, whole head brewer co-owner, uh, Brian, or lead brewer, Chris, or both. Um so we'll be talking next week. We'll be talking storm cloud beers. Uh, we oh, need to run good. around Kalamazoo and see if we can find any. I, I know they can a couple like Rainmaker and something like that. I don't know if we'll be able to find some storm cloud, but okay. Um, March 8th, we're going to plan that as a down night. We're going to take that night off. Um, so no episode March 8th. And then we will come back on the 15th with John Mallet from Bell's Brewery. So we'll be uh, hanging out with John. Um, if anybody doesn't know who he is, he's the, the, the he literally person. wrote the book on malt. I am going to bring that down. Yeah. Like um, literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so John Mellet is, uh, works for Bell's is the, the VP of brewing operations. Um, and shit, let me grab it. And then, uh, yes, he, um, he is the author <clears throat> of malt. So that's why we're joking that he literally did write the book on malt. Yep. Uh, John Mallet. Uh, so he's going to be on talking about malt uh, and Bell's beer and his story, um, you know, and how he came up to uh, kind of through the brewing industry and landed in Kalamazoo um, working for Bell's. So that's what we're going to do. Stormcloud. And yes, April, Stormcloud has some amazing pizza I had one there once. It was like a bratwurst pizza. It was so fun. Oh, that sounds that sounds amazing. Oh my god. Uh but anyway, uh so Stormcloud next week on the first, uh night off on the eighth, and while we recover, and then uh John Mallet on March 15th. So um 
you know, tell your friends and hopefully we get some good turnouts for those shows. Storm Cloud is an amazing, one of my favorite breweries in Michigan. Um, my wife would actually move to Frankfurt, I think, if we had a good reason to. Um, it's just a great town, great area. Oh, what else is up there? Um, Ambrose, St. Ambrose uh, Meadery, uh, up in that area. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. been there. Oh, super cool. Just a great area. So really excited to have uh, Stormcloud on and then super excited to, to talk to, uh, to John Mallet, one of the local guys uh, at Bells. So you guys ready to drink some meat? I yeah. in just a second. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be ready. Uh, thanks. Again. It's amazing when you don't drink for a week, how much. So uh, James, James mentions <laughs> five shores. Uh, five Shores Brewing up there, which I don't know. My, my son my son is friends with the brewer at Five Shores, uh, Ellie. And it was funny because I was talking to we, – we had Amy Martin, who is the, the um, like PR marketing lady for, for Storm Class. She was on with us last year talking about AHA because she's also one of our governing members. And in the after show – I mentioned that I needed to get up there to try Five Shores because we knew the brewer there, Ellie. And and before I could even actually say the name, she was like, Ellie. So um, <laughs> there's my wife. Yeah. So we need to get up there to see Ellie. And I want to have I, I want to have Ellie on um, to talk about Five Shores. Uh, and if you're serious, so this is, this is my beautiful wife. If she really wants to drive all the way up to Stormcloud to get us beer this weekend, then sure. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, let me check this down. We'll we'll do some mead. Yeah, that's what I got. I got. How much did we say? Did did somebody say what the ABV was on this mead? No, um, at least fourteen. Um, would be my guess. So you guys are drinking his twenty seventeen batch. I've got a bottle of twenty sixteen batch. So we're going to be a little bit different. I um. I'm going to step away for a half sec just to rinse my glass. I didn't bring any water. I'll probably do this for the meat at least. So, so smells, I'm going to talk about it while you're waiting. It smells yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful. It smells like honey. It smells. It does. It smells amazing. It smells sweet. You know, which I think you said it was a sack mead, Kevin. So, um, uh, sack mead, for those that don't know, is going to be traditionally a sweeter mead, not a dry mead. Um, oh, shit. I did look up the uh, history and why it was called sack mead specifically, and I can't remember right now. So uh, Google it. Um, but right now, yeah, it just smells, smells beautiful. So I'm curious. You said this was all Michigan made. He, he, well, I mean, he, he made it this backyard. That's awesome. Oh yeah. He's actually talking about it. He doesn't have a spinner. Um, so you crush, squeeze, and strain, and then take all the wax after pressing and soak in warm water. And then he'd use it looks like he's that warm water as a bust and add about 15 pounds of honey. So there's some acid blend, yeast nutrient, and ferment with uh, Coach Tyrone. So 
Did you back sweeten this at all? <clears throat> that would be my only question. Uh, but it's obviously it's a you know the, uh, bees in your yard, so it's not like a specific varietal of right. It's called wildflower, yeah. Wildflower. Mm -hmm. Back sweetening. It's super. It tastes like I'm going to go to bed after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Tastes like the, the the bad decision that homebrew review shows are. Yeah. Oh. So we we actually did talk about that. Like we said, we're going to try to limit the number of beers that we do in a homebrew review show so that we we don't have rough nights but we didn't we gotta... exactly call abvs or anything so yeah there's a, a little bit of sediment um at the bottom so I, I tried not to pour that in so yeah so that's what i got in my, in my bottle yeah, mine's, i feel like mine's darker like show me your yeah. jordan yeah the 16 i don't know kevin uh, there's more it's magic in the six darker. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't used uh, primary for me, secondary for you. Um, <laughs> how do you pronounce that yeast? I'm too uncultured. <laughs> I just think that's Jerome. Sure, Coats I'm gonna go grab some more water. No, so I will be. That's a good idea, actually. Um, but is that is that a yeast? Um, so it's obviously a wine yeast. Is it is it usually used for um, like white wines or something like that? I um I know that there's like a God. What there's there's those. I'm, I'm gonna make a fool of myself. I can't remember the 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 main yeast that sounds like that that people rave about all the time. Um, Costa Blanc, yeah, okay. That Red Star, familiar. Costa Blanc, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's one I've ever used. Similar to that. No, and in fact, um, I haven't either because, again, we we kind of end up using, and this probably is the same for like um, homebrewers across the nation or whatever, but like people tend to use ingredients that are, you know, available to them locally quite often. So if your homebrew store doesn't sell like um, a particular yeast, you, you may not, you know, go out of your way and, and use it until you're like, you know, maybe more experienced or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, for the longest, I mean, there's, there's tons of yeasts out there that people are using for meads that um, Bell's uh, is our general store that's closest to us um, that like Bell's doesn't sell um, for traditionals. I know that DV 10, is really popular. Bell's doesn't sell that. Um, they do sell QA23, which is really popular. Um, but they only end up getting in like 10 packs at a time, maybe. Um, a lot of other yeast that they don't they don't sell uh, uh, I think D21 and D254 for more like uh maybe uh meads with like uh fruit or like uh you know piments or or melmels or something like that um so yeah it's it's interesting to like kind of just see what people are brewing with and stuff 
So yeah, on the nose, like it just smells like it smells like sweet honey. There's no like a uh, fusel alcohols or anything like that. No, it's. I feel like sometimes you don't even get like an aroma, you know, on, on meads because you know it's not carbonated. There's not like you know bubbles making this stuff, you know. But I, I think that's one of the things I noticed when I first poured this was that I did get that just good wildflower honey aroma. Like mm -hmm. it's it's fresh. Even this being a four year old, almost probably five year old bottle, still had that um, bright honey flavor. Um, so Amy actually just came up and got uh, stole a bunch of it from me, so her and my my boy could drink some. <laughs> nice, so, nice, which yeah. I appreciate. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's it's, uh, it's super super um, fresh. So I've been I've been doing a lot of mead um, this year slash last year, and um, I'm still you know learning a lot about like what a what what <laughs> what it tastes like on a pellet versus like what it uh, may actually you know be like you can have a you can have a mead that ends at like 1068 be considered like semi-sweet if that's like kind of what it ends up like on your palate. So um, like, what would you call this in terms of like sweetness, like semi-sweet, sweet? It's definitely like on the, the sort of sweeter side, but it's not like cloning or anything. No, no but I, I feel like it's still a sweet mead. It's not going to be like a Shram's dessert mead. Yeah, no, 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 no. Sweet. In my opinion. But I, I feel like the the sweetness is there. This is definitely a sweet mead. It's uh like as far as like yeast goes, it's like clean. There's no it's been so long probably too, but there's no like it's not hot. It's not hot at all. Like there is no alcohol burn to this mead for being as strong as it probably is. And again, that that's probably due to the age, but it's uh, it's dangerously drinkable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It it's super good way to end the night, Kevin. Thanks. I really just need. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly how I'm going to bed. Oh, I've night. missed Mondays. It's <laughs> not a. You know, it's not like brilliantly clear uh, or anything. And I don't. I'm not enough. I don't know enough um, about like me judging. Yours is way more clear than mine, Jason. But it's mine's got this nice dark brown, like Kevin mentioned uh, later in the season. So there's some probably some goldenrod in here. Um, That's awesome. I just think I think it's just a beautiful color. Mine looks like rich dark honey. Uh, tastes like that. Um, yeah. I have really no expertise at all on this, Kevin. So just thank you for sharing with us, and letting us drink. Uh, no, thank seriously. you. To Livingston Social, you, uh, you know, for getting us drunk tonight. Um, I don't know how to how to how to judge. So I am so thankful for like this. Like, not many people brew like meads, and if they do, it's maybe like one year or something. So like, if you taste one like in your homebrew club, it's not like it's not super often. And if you want to um, get better at tasting meads, then you kind of have to shell out a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, because you have to meats aren't cheap, honestly, like um, a lot of the better meteries, um, you know, in the, in the Midwest here are charging 20 to 25 bucks a bottle plus, um, you know, for, for even just like traditionals or something. I think I bought like a, uh, 
a Shram's nutmeg for like 28 or something like that a while ago when I wanted to make my own nutmeg mead um, just to sort of have like a baseline to go off of for a 375, you know, milliliter bottle. And uh, which is basically, you know, just a little bit more than a, a 12 ounce. And, yeah. uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's expensive. And, uh, you know, unless, well, e even, even raising your own bees. I mean, there's a lot of time and effort there and, and cost of buying those bees and feeding them. And it's something I've always wanted stuff. to try. I was really appreciative. Yeah, Kevin told us a story while he was here that he, he got stung a few times while managing his hives <laughs> and actually started to have an allergic reaction. Uh, um, so he may have developed an allergy to bees and had to sell his hives. So he doesn't get to do this anymore. So this is, we are super honored to have this rare, um, delicious meat. Right. Yeah. It's, so and a lot of, you. Uh, almost a lot of Kevin went into this. <laughs> <laughs> He's retired now. <laughs> oh man, no, it's delicious. It was really good. So I, I, I really appreciate it. You know, we, we want to try to do these homebrew reviews, uh, you know, uh, probably at least every quarter. Um, you know, so if you're watching, if you're in a homebrew club on the other side of the state, uh, figure it out, hit us up. Um, you know, given enough advanced notice, I'm happy to drive over and pick some shit up. But uh, you're welcome to come over to the bar uh, in Matawan and, and hang out with us too. So I'll let Kevin go. It's only do. like like half an excuse to drink, you know, free alcohol. So yeah, yeah. You know, we just want to drink your shit. So Kevin and James, thank you. All of these were great. Uh, super. I'm actually super excited to go out and, and brew a short spear now. And and uh, yeah, and, yep. Um, you know, probably the CSB. I've got the CSB recipe, so I'm probably going to brew it soon. Um, they were they were great. Uh, so something happened while we were talking. Uh, so George Turner is uh, a former president of KGB, um, who is is almost a mortal enemy of of Keepers of Craft, but we'll let that go. For now. <laughs> uh, 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 KGB is uh, the Coonan uh, Guild of Brewers from, uh, you know, over in the Detroit way. Uh, but George Turner is actually running for a AHA governing committee spot. And he oh. has asked uh, for, for Michigan support. So I'm going to call that out now. I know George probably isn't watching. Uh, some of you may know him by Duke Turner. Um, but if you're an AHA member, please log in and, uh, and give George a vote. Um, He's not running against any of our, our current Michigan members, which is uh, Amy Martin and Gail. God damn it, I can't remember her name. But whatever. Uh, Gail and Amy are our current uh, Michigan uh, AHA members. What's that, Ryan? Melbourne? Yes, Gail Milburn. Thank you. Um, so so George is running against, uh, it's just, you know, uh, random people around the country. So, Please go out if you're an AHA member. If you're watching this at any time in the next few weeks, uh, log into um, the American Homebrewers Association website and vote for George. Uh, George Turner, Duke Turner, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's awesome. Um, looking to get some more representation in Michigan. Uh, as soon as we're done here, I'll go get my wallet and figure out my AHA member so I can remember <laughs> numbers so I can vote for him as well. Uh, his son's actually uh, the president of KGB right now, I think, and he was on the show. So, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, yep. 
let's, let's uh, throw our support out there. So, yeah. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, James. Really, guys? Yeah. I mean, these are excellent. I'm sort of um, – I, I have some me downstairs that I made in 2016 – um, when I didn't know what I was doing, and uh, and uh, they, they've... <laughs> and this is this is this makes me want to like open like those bottles, and not and I'm not saying like you know Kevin you didn't know what you were doing when you made these you at least used ne yeast nutrient I don't think that I did when I made my like first meat ever, um, it was like I think I had brewed like three batches on my own before I was like fuck it I'm gonna make a mead. Um, that's, you did but, do that pretty quickly. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, all, all right, Brian, you're kind of stepping off the deep end. But you, you so, so for those that don't know, Jordan, Jordan's the one that got me into brewing mostly, and 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 he, you know, taught me how to start off. And I brewed my first, like, I think two, at least two beers with him. Yeah. And he he bought like like ingredients that I needed for my first like bells, like homebrew competition beer and stuff like that, and. uh and uh, yeah, he he set me off on this path. So Jordan's the man. But yeah, this um, the last <laughs> cheers, man. The the last time I I didn't make a, a regular mead of, because of course, like why would you do that? Um, I think the very first mead that I made, I split into two um, like one gallon fermenters and one like I was like, oh, I'm going to put hops into this. And uh, except the only hops I had at the time were like hops that I got like at the Bell's Homebrew competition, um, <laughs> like for free. And I think there were opal. So I'm like, I'm going to dry hop this like mead with opal hops. And they're like, like German, like whatever. And like, no, nobody does anything with opal, like hops basically. And uh <laughs> and the, and I don't know. And the other one, I was like, I'm going to do strawberry lemonade. And so I, sp I split it off. And I You're just a number, man. <laughs> Dude, absolutely. I stuffed the fuck out of this like one gallon fermenter. Like, uh, I mean, it just basically looks like a giant growler with like strawberries and like pieces of lemon. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. And like, it just. Mm -hmm there was no room for like meat in there. Like I ended up in that one in particular, I think I lost half of like the, <laughs> the meat that I put into that thing. And so I don't have any bottles of that left anymore. Um, um, but I still have some of the opal hopped mead downstairs. One of these days I'll be brave enough to open one of those up again and, that's the same thing, man. When I when I first the, the first year I started brewing, so like seven, eight years ago, I can't remember. My my brother worked for a health food store and he got honey really cheap. And so he showed up at my house with I don't know, you know, six gallons of honey. And I mm -hmm. just like I just throw honey and water and yeast and I get mead, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I did that, and well, you know, uh, like six months later, that still tasted like shit. And so, uh, I, I went out and bought some more honey, and I thought, well, because it was it uh, that one died high; it, it was still sweet at thirteen percent, like because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, 
So I'm like, well, I need to brew a really dry mead and blend them together to make a, a palatable mead because I had this really sweet high ABV mead. Uh, so I needed to cut it with a dry low ABV mead. So I did that. Um, and then I mixed those two together and I was like, it's still shit. Um, and we are, here we are eight years later. I think last year I threw it on 10 pounds of Michigan tart cherries to see if I could salvage, uh, you know, this eight year old mead. Cause I've got so much time invested in it. It's still sitting in my basement, uh, in a, in a growler with a bunch of cherries in it now. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Might as um, well keep going with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 old, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, someday it might actually be something. Kevin said he made his first made in two thousand five. Like they, the internet didn't even exist back then, right? Like I was just I was just gonna say that's <laughs> actually the year I graduated high school. I hope that makes you feel old. <laughs> IIRC, right? <laughs> oh my god! All right, well, so I moved on to Guinness because I, for some reason, oh, it shit. was important to keep drinking. So, well, that's that's one way to make sure that you know our you know quarterly homebrew review episodes turn into blackout nights, I guess. Uh, but it has been. Uh, we're out of homebrew to review, so. What else? What else do we have? You, uh, you let everybody know what our, uh, you know, schedule is like for the next month or so. So that's good. Yep. Yeah, we covered uh, that. Stormcloud, night off. John Mallet. Yep. It's gonna be good. I'm excited for that. Um, and then we're gonna have some cool shit after that. Yeah. I I've talked about the possibility of doing. Uh, a mead episode or starting like a mead series uh as well as a sour beer brewing uh, episode slash you know series um which i think will be good um again not chiming in trying to be like an expert on it just my experiences doing these you know in the last like couple years and stuff and i would love for you know people to chime in and like be in chat and like tell us their experiences too, like uh, making sour beers and meads and stuff like uh, for the episodes as they happen. Um, I love not feeling like the only fool in the room. So I, I will absolutely be uh, <laughs> yeah. sharing my screw ups and stuff, which um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the meat episode. Hopefully we can get somebody like uh, Gail Milburn, uh, Milburn to come on from the Michigan meat cup and, and That'd be uh, awesome. us. Uh, yeah. She was amazing. Uh, I'm so jealous. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was a that was a cool night. I'm glad I, I got to pop on at the end there. That was that was sweet. Oh yeah, that's right. Now, so Gail Milburn is uh, Milburn is one of our uh, AHA uh, regional uh, committee members in Michigan, uh, but she also helps organize Michigan Mead Cup, and so she's going to come back hopefully and join us in the future. I have to reach out to her and get that nailed down, but we'll work on that. Um, and, and maybe we can get some other cool mead, uh, Michigan mead guests to come and, and help educate Brian on how to brew meads. Um, <laughs> maybe you can, uh, as a, have you poked uh, uh, Ken Tram? I have not yeah. yet. I didn't want to say, 
he, um, he seems I, like a good dude. Like I've heard him on so many other like like podcasts and stuff like that, and he's just like he's so humble. And so if, if he's watching stuff that watches this, links him, that will be great. I am friends with him on Facebook. I am going to send him a message. Um, not when I'm drunk. I really do hope to get Ken Tram on uh, someday <laughs> um, to hang um, out um, all things Michigan Mead. There's a, there's a few breweries that I'm trying to reach out to too. I don't want to call anybody out because um, oh. I don't want to like, you know, if I can't get them on, I don't want to be like, oh, why don't why, why aren't these people? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not that's you. That's on you. Although, uh, yeah, no, there's yeah, there's a there's a couple of breweries up in Grand Rapids, so uh, we'll try to get those yeah. guys on, and, yeah, and, and we're gonna have more like homebrew clubs on. Like, and and if anybody watching knows any any breweries that we should get in touch with, or knows any uh, um, uh, brewmasters in any breweries, or anybody that works for any breweries uh, that can get us in touch with, that would that would really be great. Um, we. You know, we're, 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 I think 2020, uh, 2021 is, is much better for guests as far as 2020 sure was. Yeah. Uh, we're getting a lot, a lot cooler people. Well, uh, 2020 was really like our first year doing that. Yeah. We're, but we're coming up on a year. So I'm trying to think of what's going to be that <laughs> one year show. Like we are. Oh man. We're like, we might even have like a, uh, a, a old school bells, uh, beer. Like homebrew, like not homebrew, uh, but like just tasting. tasting. Get, yeah, get one of their one show. of their cellar series or whatever. Oh, Larry's releases. Oh, we, we have we have some beer. In case uh, Trevor's watching, maybe maybe we have Trevor come back and check in with us at one year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we can hire Travis to watch through all of our videos and give us like a, a highlight reel of all of our all of our thoughts yeah. <laughs> speaking of now that quarantine is over uh travis has actually reached out to us and he says let's go uh and get together in person and get you guys like a proper like intro or something that would so, be awesome. if we could have the intro done before uh, <laughs> uh um, anniversary, that would be great but that said, we're at an hour and a half, and I don't think that we need to keep these. Uh, I think that's good. I think it's a good time. It's a good time. All right. Any last words, gents? Jordan, welcome back. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, Cheers, Brew Club, James, Brian, thank you for letting us drink your beer. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kevin James. Thanks so much, yeah. guys. James, right, we're going to talk uh, about this after. Yeah, good luck on your NHC entries. Exactly. There you go. I did Please. not buy any NHC entries. Oh, yeah, it's expensive sure. this year. It is. I don't know if I will.